0: In 2005, two brothers hit the road to chase demons and fight monsters, you know, like you do. After 15 years, they made television history and built a community of dedicated and lasting fans. Sure did. I'm Rob Benedict, and I played God, a.k.a. Chuck Shirley.
1: Yeah, you are, and yeah, you did. And I'm Richard Spade Jr., and I played the Archangel Gabriel, a.k.a. The Trickster, a.k.a. Loki. I also had the privilege of directing a bunch of episodes of the show.
0: Have a few more a.k.a.'s, why don't you? Jeez.
1: A.k.a. You're a jerk.
0: Though we've been involved with the series for years and multiple seasons, we never sat down and watched the entire show.
1: Oh, that's not true anymore. Now. We're deep into it. We are going episode by episode and diving in with the folks who made it to bring you an insider's point of view and some great behind the scenes stories from the writers, producers, crew, and actors. And you're getting our pure, honest, unfettered reviews.
0: And along the road, let me tell you, we're becoming fans.
1: Buddy, we are super fans.
0: We've heard you saying it for years and we finally get what all the excitement's about. This show holds up after all this time and deserves to be watched and rewatched.
1: We will be hitting on some spoilers, so consider yourself warned. And if you have any angry emails you want to send, please direct them to Babo.
0: Thank you for joining our journey and listening to Supernatural Then and Now. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Benedict.
1: And Richard Spade, Jr.
0: And we're on Season 4, Episode 11, Family Remains. Family Remains. I mean,
1: that... That's an ominous title because I know it's, any of the show you might go,
0: oh, that's the family stuck around. Yeah, they stay back. Yeah,
1: you know that's not what it means. No,
0: we're talking body parts.
1: Yeah, we are. By the way, I don't know if you know this, Rob. We're halfway through season. We're 4 We're halfway
0: through season four. Yeah, that's exciting. This is what we call intermission. Hmm. I guess it's halftime or halftime of, se- of season four. Exactly. So go get uh, something to drink,
1: and the musical act will be right out to blow your mind. Exactly. You know, Robbie, <laughs> why don't you do the thing that you do better than anybody on this podcast and summarize this son of a bitch?
0: The episode opens with a man being frightened by a ghostly young woman who suddenly murders him.
1: Yeah, that would be frightening.
0: Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, Sam wakes up in the backseat of the Impala to find Dean looking for their next case. Sam complains that they haven't stopped working. Dean says he has just the case about a man who was murdered in his locked home.
1: You know, Sam's a complainer.
0: Yeah, well, maybe. But uh, when Sam and Dean arrive at the house in Stratton, Nebraska, it has been emptied of everything and there is a for sale sign out front.
1: Sounds like somebody's trying to sell their home to me.
0: Yeah, so far no mysteries. The brothers (laughs) are surprised to see a family and a moving van driving up. Sam and Dean pose as building inspectors and tell the Carter family that they can't move into the house. After the boys leave, the family moves in anyway.
1: I don't oh. think you should stop the Carter family from doing whatever they want to do. They're the cornerstone of American music. I mean, right. the Carter family singers were literally the linchpin of, of of country music at its inception. That's right. And then, of course, June Carter uh-huh. went on to become the backbone of Johnny Cash, and some of the music they created together, practically American national anthems. Mm-hmm. Why would you tell them they can't move into the house?
0: You cool if I get back to the podcast, or...? Uh,
1: you're in a mood. All right, fine.
0: The Carter's son, Danny, encounters a girl, the same one from the opening.
1: Hey, Rob, have you ever encountered a girl? Oh, sorry.
0: Sorry, I got yeah. thrown by him and his Carter his Carter monologue. Sam and Dean investigate the murder and interview the housekeeper of Bill Gibson, the man who was recently murdered. They learn that Bill had a wife who died unexpectedly in childbirth, and his daughter Rebecca hung herself in the attic soon after. The boys believe that these must be the spirits haunting the house.
1: Yeah, that must be the case.
0: (laughs) The Carter's son, Danny, encounters a girl. Robbie, you've
1: ever encountered a girl?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew you had that joke you tried to make earlier, and you were going to retell it. There. (laughs) The Carter's son, Danny, encounters a girl, the same one from the opening. When confronted by his parents, Danny says that the girl told him he is welcome to stay, but all the adults must go. Get out of here, adults. Kate, the Carter's daughter, while sleeping, feels something licking her hand. She believes it's her dog until she sees the dog arrive in the doorway. She screams, Fido,
1: what are you doing here?
0: Sam and Dean happen to be outside and rush inside the house. The brothers try to convince the family to leave, but discover that all the tires on their vehicles have been slashed. Even all the weapons in the Impala are gone. Oh, man. Oh, that would drive me crazy. Right? Yeah. They head inside the house and take refuge in a circle of salt, believing that they are being attacked by a ghost. However, the girl from the, inside the wall walks through the salt ring and attacks the brothers, proving that she is not a ghost, but just a really dirty, pale person.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Freaked out, everyone runs outside. They realize Danny, the boy, is missing. The dad, Brian, and Sam go to search the yard. Uncle Ted and Dean go search the house. Inside the home, Ted gets killed by the girl. Ah. Dean discovers hidden passageways, and Sam has found a diary and discovers that Bill was sexually abusing his daughter and got her pregnant. That's gross. Oh, very gross. The girls in the walls must be Rebecca's daughter. They find Danny tied up under the floorboards. Suddenly, Dean is attacked by a boy that was living in the wall as well. Dean shoots... When the girl attacks Kate and her mother, Brian arrives and stabs her. Later, the family decides to stay at the house to try and restart their lives. Not the best idea in my book. Dean says he feels bad for the children that they were tortured so bad they became murderous.
1: Yeah, it's a... All arrows point to bad parenting. All right, let's dive right into this, shall we? Yeah. So who um, is
0: okay? First question: Who is the boy in the wall? Her brother. Wait, hold on.
1: We got to We got to start. We got to intro this before we can talk about this. Come on now. You know how the show works. It's time for R
0: R R R Rich Rich. Review. So who's the boy? in the wall he was the brother when did she get a brother and who was he was he also
1: maybe maybe he's not a real boy maybe he's a quote-unquote boy in the wall like an emotional boy like we all have we all have a boy in our wall you know what i
0: mean oh boy okay could be that kind of thing (laughs) all right but i still just i'm confused by who birthed who you know i'll tell
1: you one way to avoid this whole kids in the wall scenario have normally sized walls like, my house, <laughs> ain't no kids roaming around the walls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those are microbes.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Or a squirrel. Sometimes i will get a squirrel in the attic.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll give you the squirrel, the occasional rodent, but there's not a lot of children no. running along the no. walls because the walls are normal wall thickness, No, you know?
0: Yeah, and this poor family, this poor family, it's had horrible things happen to them. Their oldest son was killed uh, in an accident, I think, car accident.
1: Yeah. And now...
0: World. The young one uh, was kidnapped for a little bit by a girl who was living in the wall. but they're gonna decide to stay at this house and make it work.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never get that. there's there's a couple of things I don't get. That one is sort of the classic uh, horror movie trope of like, okay, I know there's been us this place was a, essentially a slaughterhouse for decades, but you know what? It's got a lovely wraparound porch. Let's see if we can't just force our way to love it. You know what I mean? That always seems like a big reach.
0: Yeah. I love Jeremy Carver. I think he's one of the most talented writers ever One of the best. And I love Phil Segrisha. I love all of his episodes. One of the best. This was not my favorite episode. Not one of the best. No, I just, I I found it a little bit uh, tough to get through. And, you know, and there wasn't a lot of movement with the overall arc of, Sam's powers and Dean's experience in hell, and yeah, it you're an
1: art guy for sure.
0: And it wasn't at all supernatural. There was nothing supernatural in it, so it wasn't my if, my fave. It felt a bit contrived. And again, the actors were doing their best. It just it didn't.
1: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. I, I, I'll give yeah. you that. Like I, I, I kind of think we're on the same page. I thought obviously those two guys, Jeremy and Phil, literally do some of the best work uh, the show ever saw. This is just one of those episodes when you're generating twenty two a season. Not everything's going to be a Stapleton, you know? It's not going to be a series of 1970s logins. And
0: uh, 100%. And, and you know, when you have, and this is maybe, you know, now when series are on the air, well, like streaming series, they're, they're 8 to 12 episodes, right? And right. this is 22 episodes in a season, you know, even right. more of a reason that some of them are going to be not pack as much of a punch. And yeah. this has been an amazing season. Like almost every episode has been great. Yeah. So, you know.
1: So you got to, you know, like I said, not every at bat is a home run. I thought it was, uh, there are enjoyable moments for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, overall, as a cohesive episode, it wasn't my favorite either. Well, the one thing I was going to say this is just sort of a recurring thing. I realized that, like, if Supernatural as a series has an, an Achilles heel, it is, uh-huh. in my opinion, this that the guest stars, the characters that surround each episode, that fill each episode, really have to have a blank spot in their brain when it comes to disseminating someone's age and authority. Because Sam and Dean can literally say they are anybody, and people go, really? You're the president's security detail? Okay. You know, like helicopter pilots. All right, right. I mean, I feel like anytime those guys who still look like they're twenty two and twenty three, respectively.
0: Sam's got really long hair.
1: Yeah, and they 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 they're never wearing uniforms. Right, (laughs) just suits. The official. You know, they just they just say there's some official title. People are like, okay, well, here's my life story and all of my bank account numbers.
0: Well, they're like, and, well, and they're like, uh, you know, I actually told this to the FBI and uh, the CIA and the local police. But I'll, I'll, sure, I'll, I'll tell, tell you. you. <laughs> uh. I'll tell you, game warden, um, <laughs> or whatever the hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so bizarre. This yeah. is no different. Like building inspectors, like you'd see those two yahoo's tripping out your front door and go yeah building inspectors
0: like <laughs> right yeah. yeah and we also talked about this off air but the the role of the uncle again an actor i've seen before great actor but it just didn't make sense why what the uncle's purpose was other than just to die you know what i mean
1: um, you know maybe that's just the role mm-hmm. of uncles
0: in general wow ominous
1: all right let's uh let's give an uh, an actual like facial hair component to this thought process you know what i mean let's 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 get into that
0: patchy Something patchy.
1: Man, not good here. I'm going to have to go Orlando Bloom in Pirates of the Caribbean. You uh, know, just like a, yeah. somebody trying to grow something, and it just ain't working, and even the yeah. makeup department kind of adding a little pizzazz to it uh, doesn't really fill it out. So I'm going to go Orlando Bloom in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: I'm going to go with whatever beard the brother who lived in the walls had that we didn't get to see because <sighs> it was too dark, but whatever beard he had. I'm sp- I'm sure it was patchy.
1: Okay, there we go. So <laughs> Rob Rob is so on on uh, thin ice of this episode that he's not even gonna s- give you a significant beard <laughs> recommendation. It's gonna you be. be imagine. Like, I imagine this is probably a patchy beard, and that's what we're gonna go with.
0: Okay? It's, it's dirty. The Orlando
1: Bloom and the perhaps that guy's beard.
0: No, the the brother who lived in the wall, it's I, I you know, a more positive on my side person might say, oh, timely, relevant. It's a character in the episode we just. Yeah, watched.
1: they're not. They're not on this podcast. That's. Uh, and to that
0: person, podcast. I say you're welcome. Hey, we got uh, Uncle Phil coming back. That's one of the right. best, literally one of our favorite people to have on the show. That's right. Uh, our favorite recurring guest star of our podcast, and also uh, producer, director, and overall great person, Phil Sagrisha. Hey Phil. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about four eleven Family Remains with the one and only Uncle Phil, Phil Segresha. Welcome back, Phil.
2: Hi. Yay. Hi guys.
0: Thanks for having me back.
1: You recur so much, we're gonna have to bump you up to regular. Yeah. Ooh, you know what, what I mean? You're Ooh, on our can podcast. I get series so much. Regular? We're gonna of, we're working a big on big it. Big pay bump for that too. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get you get uh like a hundred times more money than what you're getting now. So what's a hundred times zero?
0: A hundred. It's, yeah, it's like, at yeah, least a yeah, hundred. Like zero. zero. Well, actually a hundred times <laughs> zero is zero. Zero. So there you go. You <laughs> that's get the, the new, that's,
1: um, that's, 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 we're starting that's with that. New number. Man. Phil, sorry, we there.
0: might be able to, we might be able to bump up your trailer to a little bit. <laughs> Double banger.
1: Whoa, Robbie. Whoa. Family show. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, family remains is the episode we're talking about. Uh, is family remains a reference to anything specific this season. There are a lot of pop culture references in the episode titles. But I just thought maybe family remains was sort of a double entendre.
2: Seems like you'd probably have to ask. I think Jeremy wrote this one. Yeah, Carver. I mean, I think it's yeah. It's kind of a when you when you realize what the story is, it's uh, different. Also, it kind of plays on the family that's trying to get their lives back together after they lost a son, their other son. They're all yeah. uh, They're trying different things, and nothing seems to be working. So why not move out of the country? Right.
1: I did. I will say though, I I understand the thought behind the question uh, because I I was racking my brain to think of what 1970s classic rock song was called Family Remains. I was like, wait a minute, there's got to be... The uh, only thing
0: I came up with is the song remains the yeah. same. The song
1: remains the same, yeah, exactly.
0: But uh, yeah, it was like family, like what remains of this family and also, yeah, I guess that's how I... And also, and also the family,
2: family at the house,
0: you know? Right, right, you know, right, right. The right, exactly. The
2: scariness of it all.
0: Yeah. yeah. How do you like directing the non-supernatural supernatural episodes
2: well i mean it's supposed to still be a, they think it's a ghost for you know we think it's a ghost until mandy our young woman that lives in the walls uh crosses the line you know of salt right up until that right. point it is it's so you kind of have to keep it as if it's a ghost story right and by the way mandy was so fantastic we bumped her up into the credits world so she got upfront credit because she was a non-speaking role and those roles are usually they're not you know upfront credits but credited yeah you know, we all felt really strongly that she did such a great job and really made the episode what it was that we you know bumped her up um wonderful That's great. wonderful person i think she had gone through some health issue before this so this was kind of like her coming back a little bit i i don't know for sure what it was I remember something. Oh, cool! I remember something like that. Anyway, but yes.
0: And then, of course, uh, Dylan Minnette uh, went on. He's a uh, uh, works a lot. He was the lead of uh, Twelve Reasons Why, that series It was so big on Netflix. Yeah,
2: He's, yeah. Dylan, uh, Dylan son. was great. Everybody was great. I mean, it was a good cast. Supergirl was on. Uh, oh, really? That's Supergirl. Yeah. Wait, is which which? what she's the, which one is your mom? Oh, the original Supergirl.
1: Oh, from the from us growing yeah. up. Didn't uh, didn't put that yeah. together. You know, I still felt like there was sort of some Sigrishian-level humor in here. I mean, I, I don't know if this bit was supposed to be funny, but the, the dog licking the girl's fingers, and she realized, and then the dog comes to the door, was, I mean, I don't know, man. I know that's in the script, but it's just a very Phil, like, dark humor execution of that yeah, bit in a way. I, Jeremy, I
2: Jeremy has a pretty dark sense, too. So, I mean, it, it, it's that sort of thing that's fun because you're leading the audience one way, and you know the daughter is having a hard time, and... Then the door opens and there's a puppy and you're like, Oh, that's not right. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and what was under the bed? Yeah. It
1: was just, And and the sound, I mean the sound is so yeah. gross, Phil's like, yep. <laughs> like it's, it's
2: thanks, awful. Mike Lachey, for all the sound there. It was all
1: Yeah, I know, but I it, it just reeks of you too, in the booth going, Turn it up, add more it needs juice. To be wetter,
2: it needs to be wetter. Yeah, wetter.
0: Just hold that thought, we're coming right back. thanks for listening everybody and now back to the episode
1: It's said that this episode was an homage to the X-files episode Home, which Kim Manners directed. Kim passed away soon after this episode air, aired did did was Kim aware of the similarities and was uh, that a conversation you' ever had? I him? never
2: had one with Kim about it. um this was Kim passed away in January. this was in October. This was, this was the Halloween, ep. we shot this on Halloween night and there was a whole bunch of hijinks with the crew going on. We Part of it was me doing it, but <laughs> out at that house, we were at the house night, probably six days, five days, because there wasn't that much more, all, all the, uh, the basement and some of the dumbwaiter was rebuilt on stage with Jerry and his team, uh, Jerry Wanick, our production designer
0: um but the house right. the house is the same one used in home
2: yes In the, yes yeah yeah that house got used forever i think we used it probably more than once we just painted it a different color or it's it changed over the years a few times so i know when we had it it was kind of like oh yeah let's go there that'll be good it's out it looks like it's out in the middle of nowhere it really isn't but it looks like it and that all worked and, and then uh, what was ha- what was house and what was stage do you remember all the basement and in the walls where we built And then there was a connector kind of part where the dumbwaiter that they broke into the kitchen there. That was a, a doorway that we that Jerry built a thing. So it looks like it goes downward so I could shoot up and down. And then the rest of it was on stage. So we we changed over. When you say it looked like it went down, it didn't actually go down. Well, because it, it it was actually a doorway that Jerry covered and made it look like a wall, and so there was an opening there and he built in the the slats and everything that make it look like it went downward and I could put a camera on the floor looking up, but right. I couldn't look down. I looked down. The point oh, of view was oh, the point mean. of view was shot at the stage looking down because we had I'm a looking we at had the floor. There, gotcha. same thing. So we had pieces at location and pieces
0: on stages. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, makes, it makes me appreciate that 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 part of the episode even more.
2: Well, it's one of those things where, you know, to actually find a basement like we had, it would have been smaller than what it is, even though it was really small. And a lot of people were banging their heads because this was a real low ceiling set with a dirt floor that Jerry built. I, I asked them not to make it comfortable because I wanted everybody to feel like stuff down here, you know, Jensen going through the hole in the, in the floor. Yeah. We right. pur- purposely made that a little smaller. So he had to fight through it a bit. There's, you know, I'm right. always, I'm always into making it the real thing as much as you can and then trick the audience, you know, however yeah, you need it. Right. I got to say, when you started
1: the answer to that and you go, we were all banging our heads. I thought you meant like, there was an analogy like we were so no 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 we were we were actually do this nobody wore
2: it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know you we told everybody take off your hats because you're gonna walk right into a beam you know and have your hand yeah why when you walk have your hand above your head so you bump into something with your hand first but yeah i mean and you know all the gristle and the dog stuff and the rats and everything it was yeah. yeah super fun stuff
1: i feel like and i don't know if you can recall if this actually happened but i just i would bet big money that at some point brad creaser bumped his head and got really pissed off that i'm just gonna go on a limb and say that, that happened
2: <laughs> i don't know you'll have to ask brad that <laughs> and probably cursed uh, well, your name in the well, process for thank the god jared didn't have to really go down there much uh, oh my god yes uh jensen had to do all the work uh underneath there so. yeah you know, and it was open on uh, the edges, so it was just the stage. So you know, you could go underneath and walk in and walk out pretty easily. It wasn't. I mean, the ceiling was brought down.
0: So that the the those half-eaten rats that are on the floor, who would have made those?
2: Uh, props would make those, and if they had to be edible, props would also have a food stylist that somehow maneuvered what we needed to have happen. Most of the time, it's some form of chicken. Uh, like mm, when Mandy wow. when Mandy takes a bite, there's usually a yeah. There's a blood pocket in there too, so when she bites it, it which is out, it's all.
1: That's so gross, and it's so gross. Also, the killing of the rat, which is off camera, yeah. by the way, but like she just goes like, ah! <laughs> and it's just oh
2: yeah. We it's shot so we shot that. If you noticed a difference in that scene, that was shot in a completely black space.
1: Well, it's night. It's night vision or it's, something, right? It's you a used...
2: infrared camera that we used because I said, you know, it'd be scarier. If there's you know, there's no light, and Brad shot it. The only glow was in the monitor and his on his camera that he but he couldn't see his way around. Nobody could you couldn't go in there. We had it completely blacked off and no lights, no outside light. Because the idea was where are they? One, two, how creepy and you know bad can we make it for this kid for Dylan? And then uh you know, and then the girl shows up and we kind of leaned into it. I which I found super fun to do because it's like another It's a bit of a science project.
1: Yeah. You know, for a split second, I thought you would switch, like, to film stock or something, just because it had such a grainy
2: It was just an infrared camera that could pick up everything that happened. So, as she kind of crawls in, her heat emanates, so you see her. So... Rob's heat emanates. And if you if you look at the close-ups, their eyeballs, their irises are gigantic because that's the real thing. They're, they're trying to find the light.
0: So right. is, that a, is that just a lens or is that a completely different camera? I believe it was a camera
2: because we were shooting film still. Oh, trippy. Of course. The whole show was still film. We didn't shift to Right.
1: Late. So that is film stock. It's just a different yeah. exposure to it or different. I believe
2: you know. so. I, it might have been a video camera. I can't remember. I know it was an infrared and it was super weird. Brad would come out of it going, oh, my God, I don't know what I just got, but I think I got it. You know, um, right? it was pretty f- fun to play around with because it worked and it and it gave us what we needed, which was yeah. the freak out.
0: Yeah. It worked. It was super gross. Yep. So we're in, we're in the middle of the season here. We're we're Sam has a big arc about leaning into his powers, and and we're finding out more about Dean's time in hell. Are the are the details of these mapped out for the directors? Like, do the I know you would know because you're sort of on the inside as a producer. But do the directors who come in do they know where these storylines are going?
2: Yeah, yeah, during prep, we usually have a conversation, probably with Jeremy at this point uh, or Sarah. Uh, or, or eric no let's see this is year four so eric still there so it'd be eric eric probably bob um they have a conversation you know a tone meeting of some sort you know saying. and then if there's a thing that is in this episode that leads us to the next episode the for the personal story of the boys then we kind of shine a light on that with the directors you know to say make sure you get this because this leads to the next app. so don't don't give right. us a two, walk and talk sh- two shot over their backs. It's important stuff. Right. So, right. It's usually in that those things are mapped out a little easier than the each story, whatever the ghoul or monster is, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it's the arc of the season that we're leading or we're pushing uphill.
0: Right. I would think that would be a, especially if you come in as a director who who doesn't who just comes in and does one episode in the season. And you know, then you move on and you go into direct a different episode. Like you don't want to give a direction that doesn't make sense for the character's arc. You know what I mean? The actor's going to know certain things like, no, 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 that, that doesn't make sense for me because you know, you'd, you'd feel like a real heel. I'm sure Richard has this experience. Like you really want to know what's going on.
2: We also had Parksopedia on board. So Kevin Park, one one of our first ADs, uh, you know, you could just turn to him and say, Kevin, what happened at the eighth minute of episode
0: 42, you
2: know, right, he would right.
0: rattle right. it off. The thing I noticed in this episode, um, more than some of the others is how much sound makes a difference. Not, not, not the soundtrack, but just the noises and the, the explosions when a wall breaks open and the, you know, just like, like Rich said, the, the, the sound of the mouth eating her, her finger, licking her fingers, whatever, you know, um, That really adds a lot to to the creepiness of the house, and the you know that you're in a horror horror movie. Yep. Who who does that? It'd
2: be Mike Lachey and his group. Mike Lachey was our sound supervisor for the whole run. Oh, we've had
1: Mike on the show. We love Mike.
2: And while we're shooting them, I know in my head, I'm always thinking, "Where's what's happening with the sound?" Because being an editor, you you leave time for that. It's like leave leave space for the echo. You know, you don't want to cut everything too tight because the echo is going to you know lengthen out the sound. So stuff yeah. like that, you know, you want, you know, the the fight that we end up with on the dub stage is, is sound effects versus music. And is the music giving it away or is it creating tension or whatever we need it to do? And then there's times right. when you say it doesn't need music, just let the sound play, because then it plays all of a sudden very real. As soon as you take away music, you've got a documentary of just natural sound or things that are happening. Right. When you add right. the music, you you're now making a show. Right. not that it's not needed and not wanted it's just one of those things that you know we find out in the cutting process or in the mixing process that you go no we need music here this isn't working or we don't need music and we need right, sound right. to right so the sound in this one was because you wanted to feel like they were everywhere and once they opened the wall of the closet and you see Dean kind of poke his head around. Once you know there's an inner world there, it's like everything is sound because everything's black. So it's got a, it's like the creaky wood as they're stepping. And even, you know, Lachey would put in the cobwebs snapping, you know, it's super, super small detail, but it it was all there. So. Wow.
1: Wow. That would be, that's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of sound I missed with my, you know, tinnitus, but uh, but but what I do here sounds fantastic.
2: I think it's I think it had to do more with the drinking, probably, Rich. Really, yeah, usually it well, is. Oh, the combination.
1: When I drink, yeah. my tinnitus gets yes. more pronounced. There you, go. you
0: know, so I, I I I watched this episode on an airplane, so I like had my you know my good headphones. Just another on, so trip to Rome them, or,
2: something? or something? Didn't you
0: have one of? Yeah, Rob. Where are you off, off to? Off
2: to Rome or something
0: uh, again? Uh, no, Richard and I just did a uh, convention in Pittsburgh last weekend, and so the Rome of Pennsylvania, they yeah.
1: call it. Hmm. Um, It's always amazing to have Phil on. Nobody knows more about, well, everything TV-related than Phil Segresha. Phil, thank you. Is that it? We're done? That's it, man. That's it. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Really awesome. Hey, this is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We are going to take a quick break. Hey, it's Jeffrey D. Morgan again. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, what can I say about Phil Sagresha except for Phil Segrecia You know what I mean?
0: I have to say, talking to Phil made me appreciate the episode more.
1: Of course, because you realize the sort of detail that goes into it and you know, how he elevates everything on the page and he's just so good.
0: Yeah. And really it is, it is like, you know, to anybody who's a hater out there, which I suppose I might've been at the beginning of this episode. Like I, you know, I really talking to Phil made me appreciate and the episode more. And, you know, you, you, you appreciate once you realize how much work goes into something too. And, and the elements that you take for granted that are a little bit spooky, like, oh, you know, um, like you know, walk crawling around in the basement, crawling around on the walls, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's right. That actually was really good, and the, it's really good the way that you did that." So right. I don't know. Just uh, when you realize how much work goes into making the making the cake, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I think the the real story here is that how how many uh, episodes of Supernatural are phenomenal? Like you know, there's only occasional uh, there's only the occasional episode that are ones that make us go meh. You know, right. and then when you talk, when you hear about how the sausage is made, like you say, it makes you appreciate even the ones that are our favorites are still impressively executed.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Maybe the guy who lived in the wall who had a patchy beard—maybe it was a great beard, and I didn't know it because it wasn't—it wasn't light enough out to see.
1: Back to your beard analogy. <laughs>
0: hey, it's time for mythology. mythology! Surprisingly, there are a number of stories about people secretly living in an occupied house. Here That's are two- what the whole
1: uh, Broadway play ranted is about, isn't it, Robbie? I don't think so. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> never mind then. Here are two of our favorites. Robbie?
0: In 2013, some Ohio State University students discovered they were not alone in their off campus accommodation after they found someone named Jeremy living in their basement. I first thought that, person and that named- was
1: Jeremy Carver who went on to write this episode. Unbelievable.
0: I was going to say, I I, I thought the person's name was Jeremy Living. (laughs) They found someone named Jeremy living in their basement. Before the discovery, the students had often found their cupboards and microwave open and had heard noises. They only discovered Jeremy when they had a maintenance worker force open the basement. Jeremy was a student at Ohio State. Interestingly, one of the roommates had met Jeremy earlier but thought he was a visitor.
1: Man, what a freeloader, that Jeremy.
0: Well, and to me, it's on the original, the the roommates, the Ohio State University students. Like, yeah, you know, I saw someone in the kitchen. His name was Jeremy.
1: Uh, Robbie, I hate to tell you this about the the Buckeyes living in that house. Ties, kites all the time. You know what I mean? They they had no idea.
0: So, hey. Meanwhile, Jeremy living was in their basement the entire time. And here's story number two. Robbie? In 2008, a 57-year-old man discovered that food from his fridge was often missing. He suspected someone was breaking into his house, so he installed security cameras in the kitchen. While away, he received a video of a ratty-looking woman, that's a little judgy, taking food from the fridge. He called the police, believing it was a break-in. When the police arrived, they found the house locked up from the inside. They forced entry into the home and found no signs of burglary. The police searched the house. They checked a shelf above a closet and found a 58-year-old woman curled up in a ball. Apparently, she had been living in the closet for nearly a year. Holy smokes! Wow, a a, long time. A long time
1: to be curled up in a ball.
0: Oh man. Yeah. Wow. But you know, the good news is that she was about the same age as the man who was living there. So maybe they could have uh, they could get together. Perhaps
1: romance ensued. If Hollywood gets their mitts on this one, it'll be a rom-com hit next fall.
0: Right. The woman in the closet curled up in a ball. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, now it's time for
2: fight back. Back. back.
0: This is one of six episodes where the monsters are not supernatural. That's, that's out of three hundred and twenty-six.
1: Sh- yeah, that's a lot of uh, episodes, and very few are not about supernatural beings. So this is one of six. Wow, interesting. And by the way, did you know that this episode was directly influenced by the X Files episode entitled Home? In an interview, Kripke said, you know, we want to make an episode like The X-Files Home. Let's make an episode that the network will air once, and then people will complain so much that they'll never air it again. Well, egg on your face, Eric, because they aired it again.
0: Wow. Wow. Wait, so he didn't, he didn't, what did that mean, do you think?
1: I think he wanted to be such a copycat episode that, that people would say, hey, you just copied a different episode from a different series, and they'd go, you're right, guilty, and never aired again.
0: That's funny. Yes. That's such a cripky sense of humor. The house, located in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada, was also the set of the infamous X-Files home episode, in which uh, inbreeding and feral humans uh, were also major plot points. Karen Conneval appeared in Home as the matriarch, and in this episode, as the former house cleaner.
1: Hey! Ah, interesting. little uh, on-purpose uh, Easter
0: egg. That's a fun, fun fact.
1: A sign... Yeah, most of our fun facts, quite frankly, might not measure up to the level of fun. This one does. Yeah. A sign near where the Winchesters are parked at the beginning of the episode says, no hunting. <laughs> ah. Good luck, sign.
0: <laughs> Sam and Dean's aliases Stanwick and Barber... Are a reference to the 1985 film Fletch. I did notice that.
1: It's not Babar. They don't say Babar.
0: I think they do say Babar. Did they say Babar?
1: I would think they'd say Babar. Uh, Stanwick, Alan Stanwyck, is played by Tim Matheson in the uh-huh. movie
0: Fletch. And then He has an alias, Fletch has an alias Babar. Dr. Babar, when he goes to
1: get his prostate checked
0: out. He goes two B's? By M. Emmett
1: Walsh, the character who the actor who plays right. the Proctologist.
0: He was a great great actor. Great movie,
1: Uh, Fletch. Big fan of Fletch.
0: Two Bs, just not together. Exactly. The bar. The girl licking the daughter's hand is based on an urban legend where a girl falls asleep and during the night feels her, quote, dog licking her hand. In the morning, she wakes up to find her dog dead with a note that reads, Humans can lick too. Well, that's Well, that's
1: really gross. That's (laughs) not a fun fact. That's a revolting fact. Do we have a new (laughs) segment here called Revolting Facts? (laughs) Ugh um man uh,
0: <laughs> well on that a, a beat I, I, note. <laughs> I, I, I want jc to do that to you kill me yeah and or, leave a
1: note saying humans can lick too no or,
0: or you could do it to her why would i
1: kill my wife
0: no one's dying in that in that Look little the, anecdote you didn't, you
1: didn't read that it said that she wakes up and her dog is dead
0: oh her dog's dead i'm not gonna
1: kill luna our dog oh sorry well you go a long way for a joke but not me buddy i, I stop it. <laughs> at murder
0: i just want you to lick her hand and then write a note says humans can lick too a
1: canine aside no thank you sir i step out of that line but there goes robbie right to the front K-not. all right well best of luck to you jeez I, f-
0: I forgot that the actual term for that is canine aside
1: <laughs> <laughs> well now you learned something didn't you <laughs> A reminder everybody thank you for listening what an episode you know what we laughed i don't know if you did but we did and at the end of the day that's all that matters to us Um, (laughs) thank you for being a part of this
0: and again even though we didn't get full beards on this one didn't mean we really we didn't enjoy watching it and uh,
1: yeah i gotta listen to the kids who might be sour at our review life isn't all full beards and you need to know that you know it's time you knew
0: i see a new shirt t-shirt being designed damn right it is all right thanks for listening everybody we'll see you at the next one
1: this episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester, Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester.
0: Guest stars included Helen Slater, David Newsom, Bradley Stryker, Alexa Nicholas, Dylan Minnette, Mandy Payden, Gary Russo, and Karen Konoval.
1: Family Remains was written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Phil Sigretia.
0: Editing by Anthony Pinker. Music by Jay Gruska.
1: Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer.
0: This episode originally aired on January 15th, 2009.
1: This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict.
0: Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Hayda Holscher.
1: And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty.
0: What's up, Booty?
1: Music provided by Tim Wynn.
0: The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios.
1: This podcast is from Story Mill Media.
0: Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Is it called X now? I, don't even I know. won't
1: do it. I won't do it. Me neither.
0: At SPN Then and Now.
1: Become a member of the podcast at patreon.com slash spn then and now. And here's story number two. Robbie?
0: 2008. (laughs) What are you you
2: laughing at?
0: Because he always throw to me to do the Talking.
2: Story Mill Media.